This is M-Wire. Movie we can review. M-Wire is brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today to get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash geekcastradio. Start today with a free 30-day trial with over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Don't forget to follow Audible on Twitter at audible underscore com. And now the latest and greatest in movies with M-Wire. Oh, that's not right. No. Okay, folks, this is a little bit different. I am TFG and Mike. I am joined by Doug Abel. Hello, sir. Hello. And we are mashing up our podcasts like Cheez-Its and Chips mash each other up. And this is Movie Week in Review, episode 117, and talking about my generation, episode 98. 93, actually. 90, oh, 93. One of those. Okay. I, <laughs> I advanced you five episodes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's five how episodes. good this movie is. It's worth <laughs> <five>. <laughs> <laughs> And as you can hear, folks, we have Nicole Beatles Diva, the Hailstorm, whatever she goes by. Uh, you've heard... Queen yeah, there is that too, yes. because. She... <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Hey, I gotta, again, oh, remi- <laughs> just re- just reminding you, you invited me. <laughs> this is on your yeah, head. <laughs> it's, it, 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 ladies and gentlemen, it's always after midnight when it comes to Nicole. <laughs> okay, so this is MYR episode 117. This is Talking About My Generation, episode 93. We are going to be talking about the 1999 classic Star Trek homage film starring Tim the Toolman Taylor... And Hans Gruber. (laughs) We're talking about Galaxy Quest this time around. And as you heard, Nicole is here. She says she did an M-Wire in the past. I honestly don't remember. It was way back in the day, like I said. Yeah, I don't remember. I I, I, remember what it was. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, People would have heard her on other GCRN products like the Pull Bag. And coming up, uh, she is helping myself and Lady Wreck, a.k.a. Amy, do the Gem Show, Showtime Synergy. Woohoo! Get on the Rio yeah. hate wagon! Woohoo! Oh, God, here we go. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Doug has been like, oh, as soon as that's out, let me know, let me know, because he's really in- anticipating hearing it, and it's like, oh, God. It, well, it, 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 in all fairness, I behaved myself for the first two episodes, and then it was all... <laughs> Balls to the wall, Rio hate for me. Okay, uh, <laughs> I love the girls of the show, and Eric has enough testosterone to make up for Rio's. Okay, I gotta get off of it. Gotta get off of it. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here to talk about Galaxy Quest. This was a Christmas movie in 1999. It is um, science fiction action comedy film, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Uh, it's basically a loving homage and parody kind of movie, you know, like, you know, to Star Trek and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, um, it's so weird seeing, uh, Sigourney Weaver not in, you know, her alien costume or, you know, being possessed by, uh, by Janos. 
Um. <laughs> oh, okay, Let me, I'm just going to get this out right here. When I first saw Galaxy Quest and Sigourney Weaver as the blonde, I questioned my sexuality. I was like, <laughs> "Oh God, damn, she is good looking. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'll be honest, I took one Up look. And, and I, out. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked and I went, um, damn, she's a lot more full than I've ever seen her before. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to go take a cold shower now. <laughs> <laughs> she looks good. Okay. There. <laughs> she does. She does. Um, so did we all see this in theaters or was it sometime after it came out that you guys saw it or when did we all see this one? I uh, saw well, it in theater. Yeah, me, I didn't see it until after it had come out on VHS. Um, it, it was just the timing. You know, I, I had wanted to see it and everybody was telling me, oh, you got to go see this movie. You got to go see this movie. And I'm like, oh, okay. Never saw it until somebody handed me a copy of it on VHS. And I think it was like one of the last VHS movies I ever watched. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. I know, I know. And I, I thought it was hilarious when I watched it. I'm like, oh my God, they are ripping on Star Trek left and right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is done so well. I mean, oh, it's yeah. not like a bad spoof of it at all. It's oh, not no. like they're, you know... I mean, Galaxy Quest is to Star Trek as Austin Powers is to James Bond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. That's a good, yeah. <laughs> um, I believe I saw this in theaters, but I honestly could not tell you it has been so long. Hell, I didn't even remember this movie came out in 99. I thought it came out in like 95, 97. I thought it was a few years before it actually had come out. And surprisingly, it has been a movie that I haven't thought of since I saw it back in the day. Like, it's not that I dislike it. I mean, it's been 16 years since the movie was released. And until it hit Netflix about a month or so ago, it was like, oh, Galaxy Quest, yay. And then I realized and I, I noticed that, oh, hey, IDW is putting out a new Galaxy Quest comic. Maybe I should go back and watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> because I really honestly thought that this was at a time where everybody was basically crapping on Tim Allen unless it was home improvement or, or whatever, you know, yeah. I really thought, cause let's face it, Tim Allen, his movie career. I mean, unless he's playing Santa Claus, it's shaky at best. I mean, he's no, no, got no. some good he films. Is Buzz Lightyear. Don't okay. take that away from him. <laughs> unless it's Toy Story <laughs> and Santa Claus. His his film career is shaky at best. It really, really is. Um, I mean, he's a great actor. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just saying some of his film choices are... Mm. So basically, the Doug, do you want to give the general plot of the movie for us? Uh, let me see here what we've got. It's It basically takes off based on a popular space drama series called Galaxy Quest. You've got Jason Nesmith, who's the commander of a spaceship, which they call the NSEA Protector, rather than being the you know, Starship Enterprise. Uh, you've got no. uh, Alexander Dane, who's the ship's alien science officer. Basically, he's Spock. Uh, Fred Kwan, who's the chief engineer, a.k.a. Scotty. Uh, Gwen DeMarco, who is, she's kind of a uh, Uhura type of role as the computer officer. Uh, and then you've got Tommy Weber, who 
I, I love the way that they put Tommy Weber in here is that he is this character who's supposed to be like Will Wheaton is on the Star Trek Next Generation. And he's this precocious child pilot. And they kind of just mashed them all together. Uh, and then, of course, you have Guy Fliegman, who is the ubiquitous red shirt throughout the show. <laughs> uh, basically, what, it, what happens is that it comes out, starts off that you've got 18 years after the show is canceled. Uh, you've got Galaxy Quest Convention. They're full of dedicated fans. They're all standing around there. They're wanting to see this. They've got another group of people that come that are called Thermians from the Klaatu Nebula, which <laughs> there's another joke in there with that, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> uh, basically, Jason goes with them. He discovers they really are aliens, and they've created the entire ship, the, the protector, in space. They've made it out to be real because they've been observing historical documents. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> You know, they go through this whole thing. They're trying to negotiate with Ceres, who's this reptilian humanoid who wants to kill off the Thermians. He wants the Omega-13, which is this plot device that they used at the end of Galaxy Quest's final episode. And we never actually get a chance to see in the TV series. Nobody ever actually saw what Omega-13 did. Mm. And they so pulled throughout... a firefly and they canceled it. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and that that was kind of a shitty thing, but you know they they pull this whole thing and basically Saris is trying to get Omega thirteen. He wants to know what it does. Nobody can tell him because nobody really knows. They've they've built it. The Thermians have built this device, and they're gonna they're gonna try and touch it off. But they're like, well, we're not sure if it's gonna destroy the world or if it's gonna give us the thirteen second leap back in time. Hmm. Uh, Basically, everything kind of goes crazy. They, spoiler alert, they defeat Saris. They get back to Earth. <laughs> the movie's 16 years old, people. Come on now. Exactly. Do we really need a spoiler alert for a 16-year-old exactly. movie? Um, so they defeat Saris. They go back to Earth. Uh, the female alien, because during the whole film... Uh, Tony Shalhoub's character falls in love with the female alien. She goes back with them. And who goes with the aliens? I forget. Who went... God, I just watched the movie not, I don't know, four or five hours ago before we recorded this. Um, you think I'd remember? I just watched it an hour ago. <laughs> I know. I don't think somebody went go... the aliens. No. I, I think hmm. Laliari stays with them on Earth and that's it. Right. I could have sworn... Doesn't Guy go with them? No, because Guy stays back and he becomes uh, he becomes like an actual part yeah. of the crew. Oh, okay. He actually yeah, has yeah. a name at the end. Yeah. They don't true. know what his last name is. What's my last yeah. name? Yeah. I don't know, Guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the movie. I think it's an interesting spoof on Star Trek. It's, you know, you can see similarities to the different characters. Um, I know this is going to be blasphemous, but... Honestly, Tim Allen is a better Kirk than Kirk was. <laughs> oh, and listen oh. to all those podcasts being shut off right now. <laughs> yes. Well, but you got to look at it this way. I mean, I don't know how much bickering went on backstage of Star Trek, but they really nailed what we might have seen for Kirk and Spock arguing off off air. Oh, yeah amongst each other between Rickman and Allen. I thought that was I thought that was hilarious. 
Um, what I thought was great was that here you've got this Shakespearean trained actor coming in, and you know, I mean, that was the whole thing that he had with his role. Yeah. And then he's set to do, you know, he he comes out to do mall openings, and this is one of my favorite lines from the movie. If I can get it to play. <laughs> By Grabthar's hammer. What a savings. I get so giggly like a little girl when I hear that. <laughs> it's just like, but you get it. You know, you look at the plot of this movie, and these are these are actors who are basically have washed out of Hollywood. You know, these are actors who were on a show that people loved, and the show got canceled, and they're stuck in their own stereotypes, and they're stuck doing, you know, mall gigs or tech junkie gigs or tech whatever. I forget the name of the store, but you know, just these really, really like these people aren't going to San Diego Comic Con. These people aren't going to Wizard, you know, Wizard World kind of events. They're going to rinky-dink, one- or two-person put-together conventions. Don't get me wrong, the fans in the movie are all well and great, and they love the show, and they love the actors, but the actors are at a point in their lives where they just don't care. Oh, yeah. Because they're all so jaded and jealous of each other, and, you know, Nesmith is, you know, Alan's character is off on his own, and he wants, you know, everything for himself and to hell with everybody else, and... But as the movie goes on, you know, obviously they come together and, you know, teamwork prevails and they kind of all become friends again. What kills me, and I didn't even notice this, is that you have the only movie I really noticed him in because he was the te- he was a hilarious teacher in it was you have Daryl Chill Mitchell in this movie. And the only time I've ever noticed that guy is when he's the teacher in 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, God. <laughs> um... Nicole, what did you think of the movie overall? Well, apparently I liked it or I wouldn't be here. <laughs> you have to state the obvious, don't you? <laughs> yep, I do. Now, I remember seeing this in the theater, and I went to see it with my family. And I just remember we had a good time. Everyone was laughing. and it, it, <laughs> I love the innocence of the Thermians. I just think they're so cute and adorable. <laughs> and then you get the bad guy, and it, it's... It's a great contrast, and Sam Winston. I think that Sam Winston did the. Uh, yeah. Is that right? Stan Winston. Yeah. Uh, Stan Winston Studios. Awesome. Awesome yeah. artwork. Oh my gosh! Amazing. I mean, I mean, it still looks good today. <laughs> you know, you think about how technology has changed just in the last what five years, ten years, and it still looks good. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's still a lot of fun. I I, I still smile when I watch it. <laughs> yeah absolutely i i was going into this thinking just thinking that oh everybody doesn't like this movie and, you know oh it's a you know star trek spoof and let's face it star trek fans are extremely loyal and they don't want to see their franchise be made fun of and i think this doesn't make fun of it does a little bit it does poke a little bit of fun at, at star trek but it, it really does a great job of homaging what star trek uh the original series was Oh. And it it does a damn good job in creating its own like sure Alan is like like you know Shatner's character sure Rickman's character is like Spock but they're their own characters at the same time you know let's face it Tony Shalhoub is nothing 
like Scotty at all. <laughs> oh, nothing <no. laughs> like James Duhon at all. And, so. and, and you know, he, he's nothing like any of his other characters, which I thought was great. You know, he wasn't anything like he was in Men in Black. He wasn't mm-hmm. anything like he was in Monk. It was just this kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and him walking around and just when he gets beamed up into the ship, you know, through the pod, and oh, he's no. just kind of like, oh, <laughs> what's the matter with him? Ah, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> that <laughs> was quite a like, trip. <laughs> Everyone yeah. else is freaking out. He's like, dude, <laughs> how high am I? <laughs> Yeah, you know, that was the whole thing I got with him. And, and even when they're, even when he's trying to go through and he's talking about the beryllium sphere being damaged, you're just kind of like, well, they said that we can get there if we do this thing and we switch this around and we do that. So maybe we should do that. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Hilarious. I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you have a favorite scene in the movie, Doug, other than your quote there? Um, probably when they end up having to call Justin Long and his buddies <laughs> trying to get through the ship. I was sitting here banging my head against my desk, quite literally, trying to remember who the hell that I like. There are certain actors that I've seen in many, many different things, and there are certain actors where I know their voices, like the back of my hand. But it's like, who the hell is that guy? Where am I? And then I realized. Oh my God! That's the Apple guy. That's Justin <laughs> Long. That's that's friggin' um that that's friggin' Bruce Willis. Willis's lackey in Die Hard Four. Yes. I mean, it's like oh my God! That's hilarious. That's awesome. Uh, Nicole, do you have a favorite scene? Oh, there's a couple. I really like when they go to the little the little alien planet to get the brilliant. It's Gordy Weaver's just like oh look. What's hurt? I'm like, <laughs> and of course, guy points out to the obvious. Have you ever watched the show? <laughs> Things are gonna get really ugly. <laughs> and I, sure yeah. enough, <laughs> I really like that. I thought because I was like her. It's like, oh look how cute they are. <laughs> when I first watched this, I'm like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> no, I, I've got to point out one thing. Did anybody else notice that? Throughout the throughout the movie, Sigourney Weaver's top kept getting lower and lower and lower. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I noticed that today. I'm like, I wonder if that was intentional. Probably. I mean, in the um, in the new comic series that just launched from IDW, the the first um, when we first get to see uh, Sigourney Weaver's character in in the show here, the first panel of her is of her because it. The comic book, the new the new IDW comic book series picks up when we get to the the crew of the of the protector. It picks up right where that left off, and it's um, Sarah shooting her, and her boobs are just about to pop out of the thing. <laughs> I mean, it, it it it's not even pulled down. It's the way the art is. It's it's neck lined almost. It's not as low as that famous Jennifer Lopez dress, but it's damn close. Oh, Jesus. Um, it is damn close. <laughs> not that that's a bad thing or anything, but it's just one of those things where, yeah, I, yeah, I so noticed that. Oh. Oh, boy. Um, all right. So, uh, shall we talk about the cast for a while here? Oh, please, oh, let's. 
Oh, yes. Uh, we'll start with uh, Tim Allen. Uh, anybody know his very first <laughs> film was a baggage handler in 1988, uh, Tropical Snow? No. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, that's what that was. Um, he was uh, himself in Rodney Dangerfield opening night at Rodney's Place in 89. He had his own, a couple of his own specials in 90 and 91. Obviously, 94 kicked off with the Santa Claus and that, that series of films. 95, he, you know, went to infinity and beyond as Buzz Lightyear. He makes a um, yeah. Compared to Hanks' Woody, oh yeah. Yeah. I should probably rephrase that, but yeah. Uh, (laughs) 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 He was in uh, Jungle to Jungle in 97, uh, for Richer or Poorer in 97. He was on Spin City for an episode, obviously Galaxy Quest in 99. He did um, one video of Buzz Lightyear, The Star Command, Adventure Begins in 2000. Uh, let's see, other movies, Christmas with the Cranks, obviously he is Buzz Lightyear car in Cars uh, from 2006, he did The Shaggy Dog in 06, he did Wild Hogs in 07, um, oh more recently, well, yeah, Wild Hogs, yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, more recently, oh wow, hmm. 2017, Toy Story 4, anyway, uh, more recently, that they announced that? This yeah, I kind of yeah. I know. Um, You've been under one. <laughs> yeah. I personally think ending it at three was fine. I like all the shorts that they've done, like Hawaiian Vacation and Small Fry and Party Sorcerer Rex and all that. But yeah. the third one, anyway, we'll talk about that another day. Um, television stuff. Um, obviously, Tim the Tool Man Taylor on Home Improvement. He did. Um, he did the voice of Meldar Prime on Jimmy Neutron, Win, Loser, Kaboom. Uh, he is currently uh, the star of Last Man Standing as Mike Baxter, which they just had an episode uh, called Helen Potts, where uh, Patricia Richardson returns. And that episode is so hilarious because it's nothing but home improvement references the entire time. She's like... Yeah, I used to live next to that guy for eight long years. Oh, God. <laughs> so hilarious. Um, you ever see the one where they had uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas show up? Mm-hmm. And yep. he's talking about his ride out there. Oh. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yeah. They, they actually had him show up again in the Helen Potts episode as her son at the very end. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Tim Allen, he he's he's a really really good actor. Um, he's had some interesting roles over the years. He's had some really classic roles over the years. Um, I think honestly, if anyone is going to pinpoint his career, it's going to come down to Toy Story and the Santa Claus films. As far as his, well, as far as his film career. I'm saying, yes, you're right. Yeah, television, it would be home improvement. Absolutely. Um, All right, so Sigourney Weaver, we've kind of already mentioned half the stuff that she's been in, like Alien and... Well, you mentioned a couple more things. (laughs) Alien and Ghostbusters. (laughs) Did you know she started in Annie Hall? Good Lord, no. 
1977. I remember that show. Yep. Jeez. It was a movie. If you've ever taken a film class, you've seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that she was in it. Uh, I would say after Annie Hall, Ghost, well, Alien was her was her big debut, and then Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, and then after the Ghostbusters and the Alien stuff, she did Dave in 1993. Uh, she did uh, the Ice Storm in '97. Uh, let's see here, Heartbreakers in 2001. Uh, more recently, she's done. Um, she's in that new movie coming out. She's, I guess, a voice in, or she might be a character actually in Chappie. Oh yeah, so, she's she's actually uh, she's actually like a star. Uh, she's working with uh, Wolverine. God, uh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Yeah, Jackman. and they're both. They're both basically trying to stop, uh, stop Chappie from being a real robot. Oh, so this is kind of like um, a different version of what Jackman's already done in uh, Real Steel. Then, pretty much, only Jackman's the asshole. He's the asshole bad guy in a sense. Yeah. You can't forget she was in Avatar too. That was the biggest movie of all time. So. Yeah. Well, Dance <laughs> the Smurfs is something I'd rather forget. <laughs> wow yeah. dances with smurfs come on come on admit it you've seen it though avatar i can safely say i've never seen you, anything really avatar. oh okay mm. wow i'm not interested in watching little blue people well that's they're a thing at all. they were seven foot tall but <laughs> yeah uh okay so alan rickman Oh, I love Alan Rickman. You know where he started? Where did he start? Uh, BBC Television Shakespeare. He was Tybalt <laughs> in Romeo and Juliet in 1978. <laughs> oh, that movie? Are you serious? Yep. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go back and watch that. Yep. Uh, let's see. Obviously, we know him from Die Hard. Uh... I'd have to say Die Hard was probably his... I mean, people might remember Shelley in, in 1980 where he played Clive, but I'd have to say Die Hard is his most memorable kind of make-me-famous role. Uh, he was also in Quigley Down Under, Truly Madly Deeply. No, not the Savage Garden song. Um, Sheriff <laughs> of Nottingham. Yeah, huh Oh, dude, we got to do a double shot episode where we compare and contrast Prince of Thieves and Men in Tights. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man, that would be so awesome. I'll uh, yeah, calm your was... heart out with a spoon. <laughs> why a spoon, sir? <laughs> it's dull. It hurt more. <laughs> oh, I love him. Yes. <laughs> He had a cameo appearance when he when they replayed his his death scene in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, he was in Sense and Sensibility in '95. He was Rasputin in 1996's Rasputin: The Dark Servant of Destiny. Um, more recently, um, I've got to mention on, him really? in Dogma. Yeah, Dogma. Oh, yeah. Metatron, <laughs> the voice of God. That's. <laughs> Hence all the spitting. You're missing a big one of him. You're missing a big one. Uh, Which? I I know. Severus Snape? 
Hello. Yes, I knew. I was going to get to that. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. I'm sure Mike was as well. That. Which movie was that? Uh, no, that named the Harry Potter. Oh yeah, I, I was going in in release order, but yeah, oh, Harry I'm Potter. Sorry. There, yeah, there is the Harry Potter film franchise. Hmm, I've told this story a million times before. In was it ninety nine? It was either ninety nine or two thousand. I had just moved someplace and I had found the local bookstore and the, the one of the clerks in there, she gave me two titles. A Janet Ivanovich uh, novel or Harry Potter. I picked the chick that became a lingerie, it was a former lingerie buyer become bounty hunter. So yeah, Harry <laughs> Potter is so not my thing. Um, <laughs> Missing out, man. Never no. the best thing about those books. Um, he was also in Sweeney Todd in 2007. More recently... Um, he has had, uh, the Butler in 2013. He was in Gambit, no connection to the X-Men character in 2012. Uh, coming up this year and in a few years, he's got, uh, this year he's got the little, a little chaos where he plays King Louis the 14th. Uh, also this year he's got Eye in the Sky and the Parallel in 2016. He is going to be the, um... Absalom, the caterpillar voice in Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. Uh, I love Alan Rickman. Yeah. I really he he is one of those actors that just shows up and pours his heart into it no matter what it is. Well, one of my favorite roles, and I'm gonna kinda use this as a segue into Sam Rockwell. Okay. He, he and Sam were together in the movie version of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy back in two thousand five. Uh-huh. Uh, Alan actually did the voice of Marvin, the paranoid android, when he's running around. You hear it, and it's just kind of this, this, this depressed voice, and it's like, yep, that's definitely Alan Rickman. No two ways about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, on the other hand, I don't know if you knew this, but he was uh, Zaphod Beeblebrox in Hitchhiker's Guide. Once again, sadly, I can say this is something I have never seen. <laughs> oh, my God. And you claim to be yeah, a geek. I know, I know. Hell, I haven't even seen Revenge of the Nerds. So oh, there is that. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there is that. Uh, Tony Shalhoub, I mean, we've kind of already mentioned half the stuff he's been in. There's Monk, there's Wings, there's... Um, Men in Black. Um, I mean, he's done a lot of good stuff. He actually started in... Uh, he was the a airplane passenger 1986 Heartburn. Uh, more recently, after... Um, oh, yeah, he was also in the Spy Kids movies, if anybody cares about those movies. Um, more recently, as of last year, he is... Splinter. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. He, he is the voice of Splinter wow. in the Jonathan Libsman directed Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Let me tell you something. I haven't seen anything okay until last month. <laughs> <laughs> in the last 10 years that freaked me out more on the screen than that Splinter. That rat needed to die. He looked like yeah. he was about ready to drown and they should have finished the job because that splinter was creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, I hate that splinter. <laughs> oh, 
Oh boy. Um, there's, there's one other character that I have to mention that Tony Shalhoub does that I am an absolute fan of. He is he plays a little yellow Fiat and he does the voice of Luigi in oh, Luigi. Oh yes. Cars <laughs> franchise. Yeah. Absolutely. Um absolutely. Uh you know Tony Shalhoub, he's he's a wonderful actor. He's he's so cool. Uh absolutely love him. Uh, Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell. It's not that I dislike the guy at all. It's, I dislike some of the characters he's done specifically the biggest douche in Marvel comics history in Justin Hammer. (laughs) I'm sorry. that perfect at the role though. No, he, yes, yes. Sam Rockwell encapsulated the complete douche baggeriness of Justin Hammer, but Every there isn't an entire there isn't one Marvel Comics Iron Man story that that anyone can show me whether it's in comics film television cartoons wherever where Justin Hammer is not a complete and utter douchebag. I understand that's what he's supposed to be. Yeah, and I like Rockwell in the role, but it's like wow. Um, I'd have to say his biggest. Uh, uh, make me famous kind of role that maybe not a lot of people knew at the time, but uh, 1990, he was the head thug in TMNT. I almost wish they brought him back as kind of a cameo for the 2014 movie. <laughs> oh, that would have been perfect. <laughs> would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, Let him be April's boss or something. I don't know. That would have been <laughs> that would have been doable. That would have been a little strange too. Yeah. Um, he played the utter cheap bag. He always plays the utter douchebag, man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, Galaxy Quest, uh, he was in Big Love, uh, which yeah, was a short was film. Green Mile oh, that I wanted to kill him in. Oh, Green Mile. Oh, that's right. He was the biggest douchebag. I'm like, you die. <laughs> Ugh. Um, hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. He wasn't a green mile. Um, let's see. And more recently, he he was a he was the voice of Darwin in G-Force in 2009. Obviously, Justin Hammer in Iron Man in 2010. He was uh, in a 2010 film called Conviction. He was in Gettysburg in 2011. Uh, let's see. Luckily, he didn't end up in movie 43, thank God. Um, so, uh, he actually was in a Marvel one shot short, all hail the King as Justin Hammer as well in 2014. So, um, where should we go next, Doug? Oh, let's see here. Um, crud, what have I got here? You got any trivia? Uh, you know, I do hold on one second. Let me just pull it off here real quick. Well, he's yeah. pulling that up. Uh, I, I Justin... sent you guys a link to. Oh, let's see here. Always scares me, folks, when Nicole sends us links because you never know what she's going to send oh, us. Oh, come on! Usually, it's something about a puppy. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> a puppy getting his head ripped off. No, I would never, never. Oh, <laughs> never. Uh... I love. Oh, did you know that uh, Rain Wilson, this was one of his first on-screen appearances mm-hmm. as one of the Thermian engineers? I was not aware of that until I saw this. 
Uh, let's see. Trivia. Here we go. Um, obviously, we know it's homage, acknowledge homage to Star Trek. Uh, let's see here. The prefix of the protector's registration number NTE3120 ostensibly alludes to some sort of similar space federation, but in reality stands for not the Enterprise, according to ah. visual <laughs> effects co-supervisor Bill George. So I thought that was kind of a nice touch. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's another good one. They Star Trek paid homage to Galaxy Quest because in the Star Trek Online MMO that they came out with, players can use a Tipler cylinder device, which has a dense beryllium core that rotates at near light speed, allowing your ship to perform a temporal backstep and rewind time approximately 13 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, let me see. What else have I got here? Did anybody know about uh, Justin Long playing Steve Jobs? Uh, no. <laughs> There's a movie, because I was, I was looking at Justin's filmography while Doug was reading through the trivia. There's a, um, it's a parody film. But there's a movie called I, Steve. 2013 parody film. Uh, it's basically by... Uh, it's produced by Funny or Die, making their first full-length movie. It claims to be the first biopic on the life of Steve Jobs after his death. The film stars Justin Long as Jobs and Jorge Garcia as Steve Wozniak. The movie was written in three days and shot in five. Jesus. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to see this thing. <laughs> Um, curiosity, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, Justin Long. He, surprisingly, this was his debut. Galaxy yeah. Quest was his very first film. And you look <laughs> at him, and you can tell. <laughs> well, so yeah, yeah. Um, I still think my favorite thing that he has ever done is 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 the Apple ads. Oh yeah, they really are. Um. Oh, now. I know we mm -hmm. talked about uh, Sigourney Weaver's top, like, getting lower and lower and lower. Mm -hmm. Did you guys notice that Alan Rickman never takes off the headpiece throughout the entire movie? <laughs> yeah. It even, kind of comes even, undone a little bit, but it's still, uh, it's always on. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, torn, and it's, like, the hair sticking out, but never actually takes it off. I thought that was great. Nice little touch. Uh, and then the very end of the movie, uh, when the announcer says, Now back, after 18 years, the new adventures of Galaxy Quest. The original Star Trek was canceled in 69. Mm -hmm. Next Generation premiered in 87, 18 years later. <laughs> definite homage ah. there that they threw in. Oh, absolutely. You know, they had so they had so many little touches in this. Uh, the, the spot where they're eating, they're, they're getting prepared their food from their home worlds. Mm -hmm. And you see uh, Tim Allen there and he's eating the steak and he goes, oh, this tastes just like Iowa beef. <laughs> Basically, a reference back to Captain Kirk being from Iowa. So, another nice little touch that they threw in there. I mean, just lots of great things. Uh, one of my favorite things that Will Wheaton had to say about this was that he loved Galaxy Quest. He thought it was brilliant satire, not only of Trek, fandom in general, basically. Uh, only thing that he wished that they had done was that they wanted him to cast him in it and have him play like, yeah. this freaky fanboy, which... I 
Yeah, I don't know if that would have worked. I'm just not like. I think I'm more on the side of Sheldon Cooper before he and Will Wheaton made up. Like Will Wheaton, he's all right, he's cool, but it it's just like he he's a guy that's like, oh, can you put me in that? It's like, wait, seriously, you're that's what you're gonna say about a movie that you're not even in. Oh, I I wish I was in that. It's like, oh God, give it a rest, dude. Yeah. You know, it's he's cool and all that. He he's I've met him once uh, here at Stone Brewing here in California. He comes down every mm-hmm. once in a while because they'll have events and he wants to come down and have some of the craft beers. And the guy is a huge brew. He, he's a huge beer nut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, when he comes down, it's, it's always nice to, you know, you can bump into him and whatnot. But that's about it. I mean, other than that, he is, you know, he's kind of like. He wants people just to leave him alone. So. Yeah. I mean, at this point, outside of Star Trek, his claim to fame is being on the Big Bang Theory, playing himself from being on Star Trek. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, there's not much. You know. So. Um, anything else we want to bring up? I can't really think of anything. I mean, you know, just. Some of the stuff that they put in here with with the comments, obviously the the red shirting, I thought that was hilarious. With guy, you know, you know, obviously being, well, maybe I shouldn't have stayed behind, you know, but now I'm thinking that maybe I should have because I'm going to be the guy that goes down to the planet and dies on the on the face of the planet. <laughs> Little references I thought were just great. So, yeah. Nicole, final thoughts. Oh, I was just reading this little thing. I thought this was... A, I don't remember this when the theater, but they're talking about that the aspect ratio change while you were in the theater. Did you read about that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, that's yeah, the first 20 minutes were filmed in uh, 1.85, whatever. And then after 20 minutes, it blew up to 2.35 to give you that feeling like how big it was really was. So I thought that was kind of cool. And that happened right when he got beamed up and they opened up the doors and he's getting ready to be shot uh, back to Earth. And I was like, yeah. nice touch. Nice touch. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, folks. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Doug, do you have any final thoughts? And what are we going to rate this film? Oh, man. I, you know, I'm going to give... I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to rate this film as five out of five stars just because there's so much that... They make fun of, and I don't really want to say make fun of, but pay homage to, and you get a good laugh. Even if you're not a Trekkie or Trekker, whatever the correct term is, mm-hmm. you can still love this. You know, the the Trek, uh, the the Trek cast, they loved it. I, I can't say enough about this. It's one of these things that I think it's a hidden gem that everybody needs to see. Nicole, what about you? I I'm going I'm going to mirror that because. There's so much fun in this movie. I I'm, I'm a big Star Trek fan myself, so and I felt like they did a good fan service to it. Um, I don't think they really took the total piss out of it. I guess can I say that? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and then there's also a lot of loving moments, you know, um, with uh, what's that? I just lost his name. Uh, the captain. Um, Nesmith. No, uh, no, uh, Mathazar. Oh, Mathazar, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of good, like, endearing moments with him as well. And he had that little sense of horror with the little aliens. It had all these different elements that just made a good, honest movie. 
I, I, I'm going to say five as well. I am too. I, I went into this thinking that it wasn't going to be enjoyable. I, I didn't completely turn my brain off to it because, like I said, folks, I have not seen this movie in 16 years. So I was kind of going in straddling the fence whether it was going to be a good or bad movie. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I'm a casual Star Trek fan at best. Um, I am nowhere near being a diehard whatsoever. Uh, and I, honestly, it's better than some of the Star Trek movies we've gotten. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> uh, it really, really is. Uh, Doug, what do we got coming up on talking about my generation? Oh, you know, I haven't even really thought about what we're going to cover yet. I know <laughs> we talked about doing Austin Powers, so we'll probably delve into that. Uh I don't know yet. We, I know we've got a lot coming up. Uh, I have just posted up our failed franchises part three, and we'll be looking to see what else we've got coming up on Talk About My Generation here shortly. For M-Wire, next time around, we're going to be talking about, uh, it's going to be me and God knows who else, we're going to be talking about um, Matt Damon and Edward Norton in Rounders. So that's coming up in episode 118 of M-Wire, and then after that we're going to do Cloak and Dagger, which sadly doesn't live up to what I thought it was going to be. And then in episode 120, we're going to explore the Expendables franchise. So that's what's coming I'm up sorry. here on MWire. Shut up. <laughs> Come on. They're, Come they're on. Not, they're not good movies. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> Keep those film reels rolling, folks. We will catch you. What? You've just listened to Movie Week in Review on KeyCastRadio.com. If you would like to leave feedback on the show, there are many ways to do so. First, you can visit the website, KeyCastRadio.com, where you can comment on the episode and all of our different podcasts. Be sure to rate our show on iTunes and leave us feedback. You can follow us on Twitter at GCRNMWire. Become a fan of us on Facebook by searching GeekCast Radio Network. You can email us at feedback at geekcastradio.com. Call the voicemail line 502-526-5821. Please remember to tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. So until next time, unleash the geek in you. In a world, there, I said it, happy.